0: Choose life. Choose a sport. Choose a drop zone. Choose a start time. Choose a fucking big jump plane. Choose turbine engines, speed, unlimited altitude and endless horizons. Choose height, no low turns and travel insurance. Choose jump tickets. Choose tiny action cameras. Choose your mates. Choose a rig and matching helmet. Choose swoop shorts and a range of fucking fabrics. Choose 120 vertical speed and wondering who the fuck you are on a Sunday morning. Choose sitting on that couch, watching debriefs, spirit-saving slow-mos, smashing beers after last load. Choose standing on the podium at the end of it all. Choose a win you'll love every time. And the reasons? There are no reasons. Who needs reasons when you fly NZ Aerosports? Of course, I absolutely love the NZ Aerosports business model. I mean, come on. One glance at an Icarus fuck-yeah sticker, and you know it lines up perfectly with the fucking pilot mentality. But outside their wonderful use of colorful language and a great company vibe... There's a long list of reasons to say NZ Sports, fuck yeah. NZ Sports blows me away right out of the gate as a canopy manufacturer with a bold offer. They give you 10 jumps on your brand new nylon to decide if you want to keep it, swap it out, or even return it for a refund. I mean, seriously, how incredible is that? That's like getting halfway through a prom and deciding you prefer the slightly racier date that goes down faster. Seriously, they do that. If you're not madly in love with your new canopy after 10 jumps, they'll let you swap it out for another size or model or even get your money back. And the range of canopies they've got? Man, they've got a style canopy to fit every jumper and every situation with models you know and trust. Like the Sapphire 3, the perfect choice for the beginner or intermediate canopy pilot. The Crossfire 3, when you're ready to kick it up that elliptical notch. The JFX 2, if you're looking to up your new swoop game the leia as the workhorse and dirt water dirt beast or the petra the petra cranks out crazy power and is nothing short of a record breaker but hey it's not always about speed either take the kraken built as a low pack volume canopy specifically with wingsuiting in mind she gives you all the performance you're looking for with the reliability you need that'll have you itching for that next formation rodeo or puffy cloud so the equipment is top of the line kick ass stuff as you already know but how about the team Well, the customer service gang is there to sort you out whenever you need them. Maddie and Beto are always there to help with Jen holding the reins. They're available for you at sales at nzaerosports.com and they've got a kick-ass live chat tool on the website if you're wanting to hit someone up right away. These are the crew you're going to want to talk to to get those custom orders in. With the stock nylon, once you know what you want, they'll have that shit on a FedEx truck as soon as the credit card machine says approved and get you in the air in no time. For your custom orders, you'll be able to get a time frame for building and shipping when you design it, so get to it. And demos! They've got demos in the U.S. available from their partner Rock Sky Market. The whole U.S. demo fleet is there, with Sapphire 3, Crossfire 3, Kraken, JFX2, and Leia canopies in a range of sizes. They also offer student and tandem demos in the U.S. Bottom line, every step of the way, NZ Aerosports is there to get you what you need, and I personally couldn't be happier to be teamed up with them here on Lunatic Fringe. And now, time to get started with Lunatic Fringe Into the Void, brought to you proudly by NZ Aerosports. Fuck yeah! Coming straight from the cockpit, it's another episode of Lunatic Fringe with the fucking pilot. Ready, set, go. All right, back in the can for another edition of Lunatic Fringe Into the Void with a awesome repeat guest. Let's just dive right into it. Who the fuck are you? What do you do?
1: Yeah, I'm Brian Jermaine. Yes, you are. And I jump
0: out of airplanes.
1: You do. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'd say you do a little bit more than just jump out of airplanes. You've been at this shit for a little while now.
1: 30 35 years, 35 yep. years,
0: man. I just hit my yep. 25 year mark and I still am shaking my head all the time going, how in the hell did I spend a quarter of a century doing this? And you're 10 years ahead of me.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I just, a long time ago, I decided that I didn't want to get a real job. Right. And so that, that journey has, uh, has gone in many different directions. You it know? is funny I mean, it's, how the yeah.
0: just the drive to not have that normal, so-called normal stuff going on yeah. is—it's an amazing thing. In the way it, it pushes you in so yeah. many wonderful
1: directions. <laughs> totally, I know. It, yeah, I've I've had to to do things that I I never imagined myself doing. Right, you know, with the, the the laser table that I had to break down and put back together, I can't even count how many times, all alone, you know. That's not my thing. Right. You know, but I wanted to make parachutes. Right. Right. Sewing. You know, I mean, that was like, oh, that's for girls. Yeah. No, actually, I sew better than your grandma.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You know, I mean, I had the same same opinion when it came to rigging and stuff like that. You know, I grew up, mom did the sewing. Dad didn't touch fucking needle and thread and certainly not a machine. And then I got into a sport where the most badass people doing all the real rigging work were not just men, women as well. But you're like, wait a second, but this big butch guy that's jumping out of airplanes all day long is spending his evenings picking stitches and sewing.
1: Oh yeah, in in a very sort of structured anal way. Right? Oh yeah. So, like if you ever, I don't know if you've ever been to to the Pittsburgh area to Mo Valletto's loft. Oh, I've heard stories. That, that it was so organized. It was so perfect. He knew where everything was, and it was totally clean. I don't know how do you keep how do you keep a loft clean? You know, right? That <laughs> it's he managed it.
0: Well, he it, managed it. And it's I'll tell you what, it's funny because now, of course, being in this board as long as I have been, I've got many, many friends that have these ridiculous collections of sewing machines. Something I never thought I, I never thought oh, yeah. about at all, let alone the fact that I'd have like a dozen friends that have five or six or ten or fifteen sewing machines. And uh, yeah. when I talked to Mo, he was telling me about he was looking for a home, not for himself, because he was happy to live in his car. He was looking for a home for his sewing machines. Yeah. Yeah,
1: (laughs) it's true. I mean, what? true. What? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, well, they're not small. That's the trouble. I wish I collected marbles or something, but yeah. Right. Well, I mean, you started
0: designing and building your own parachutes, so it's kind of an important piece of equipment to have.
1: Yeah, you got to have the right ones, too, and they're not cheap, but it's worth it, you know, because for me, uh, to jump is one thing. It's great fun. I love it. But the creative aspect... Of having a brainchild that you scribble on, a, you know, a napkin at a restaurant, and you right. just kind of draw it out. Ah, oh, yeah, maybe that'll work, and then you figure it out in the CAD, and then you build some miniatures, maybe, you know, miniature canopies, and you fly it as a kite. And before you know, it, you're hanging under it. <laughs> I maybe mean, that's it's cool.
0: Yeah. Oh, very much so. Uh, probably a little bit intimidating, which is one of the reasons I've never tried to design and build my own parachute. I'll <laughs> I'll leave that to you guys. <laughs>
1: I'm gonna say. Send- Get some prototypes.
0: Oof, yeah no no I don't some, I think I'm past some, my test jumping days. those are those, <laughs> those are a little bit behind me now. I'm just fine with that.
1: <laughs> yeah 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 it, it does get scary once in a while particularly when when you got instability issues or you get opening issues you know yeah, I mean I, I've had some of them that I was sure that it was right. I was you know the, this idea was so pure and so you know just I knew it was going to be better. Right. And I was dead, dead wrong. <laughs> you yeah, know? See, and, that's,
0: and that's where, yeah, yeah, I mean, and it's going to happen so fast, especially with the stuff that you were designing, that you don't even have time to yeah. be pissed because it's instantly, no. holy shit.
1: Yeah, I'll be pissed later right now. i got to save my own life. Yeah. Oh. The, Zephyr Florida, I had I had an a, a, a 81-square-foot prototype where I tried to mod that was designed to increase the, the rear riser performance. Hmm. So like I had, had an extra brake line, I went from the rear riser connector link to the cascade point on the brakes. And um, it seemed like a good idea, it worked all right. And then I was like, well, yeah, but what if I modify the brakes and what if I shorten them a little bit so that, that when I pull in the rears, I pull in the tail. Right. Uh, just a little bit. And man, when I pulled in the fronts though, in that configuration, it was so light on the fronts I could do it with two fingers. I mean, you think, you know, a Katana's light. This yeah. was insanely light. And so I'm kind of playing around like, well, I'm the test pilot. I got to figure out, you know, before I get below two, is this, is this sucker safe? It just didn't feel safe. Right. And so I'm kind of wailing on the fronts. And then I had, had the fronts, like, imagine like you're in double fronts in free fall, belly to earth with your slinks on your nipples. <laughs> oh, fuck. Right? And I'm looking at this wing and it's like partly below me and I'm looking at the wing and the wings looking at me and she kind of winks her eye at me. I was like, I wonder if I kind of yank on the front with a little a sharp tug, what's going to happen? Right. You know, and it, it inverted so fast and flew at me, <laughs> you know, <laughs> whacked me, went into a bunch of line twists and a frontal fortune cookie um, and you know, I just spin it like crazy <laughs> I ended up, you know, obviously, you know, chopping it within a very short period of time. Sure. But yeah. It, it can go, it can go badly really quickly. Yeah. And you can't, I there's mean, there's nobody to blame but me.
0: You, you, uh, you took things in directions that you didn't expect. So did I as well. You kind of went into the extreme version for me. I ended up deciding I wanted to be a pilot yet for me, I, I have to take my shoes off to count the 20 smoothly. I'm horrible at yeah. math. So everything yeah. involved in becoming an airline transport pilot, uh, when it came to the math aspect of it just hurt, yeah. but it didn't physically hurt me, but the shit you were doing, right. <laughs> I mean, yeah, come on. well,
1: you do what you got to do, yeah. you know, you have a dream, whatever it is, and you'll walk through the mud to get there. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? You'll, you'll climb over the fences and you'll do what you have to do. And I think that's where our, our imagination for what could be pushes us to grow, sure. to expand, to, indeed, you know, do the things that are necessary.
0: Well, and it also uh, um when you have to do those things, and you have to continue to push on. Whether again for me, it was math, and you all the sewing and designing and all that stuff. When you have been doing it long enough, and you look back, going, "Oh, I actually learned how to do that. I'm I'm competent at this. Like I actually yeah. know what the fuck is going on." It's a pretty yeah.
1: cool feeling. It is absolutely yeah, yeah. to to be earned uh, competence. You know yeah. where you work hard, where it wasn't necessarily your easy suit sure. right so like my guitar teacher eddie thompson i remember from from i was probably about 12 or 13 i was like dude the f chord sucks for me i hate the f chord i don't want to play the f chord teach me songs with no f chord you know <laughs> and he was like you don't get it bry here's the deal you gotta make f your best chord and i've lived by that sure
0: it makes sense you make the hardest one. You're, I mean, just the thing you're absolutely best at, and everything else just kind of falls in.
1: Yeah, yeah. You, but you get you got to leverage what you suck at in order to be better. Sure, right? Because always there's that that lead in the balloon. That's that's the area that you've been avoiding because you suck at it. Because you want to do what you're good at. Sure. Because it makes you feel good. Sure. Well, and then
0: there's always the uh, the what is the phrase? Uh, um, fake it till you make it, which. It, I mean, I do believe too, about in some degree, although in skydiving, you don't want to
1: fake too much. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't want to sure, get too you don't far. Put on the yourself. Big suit. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you don't want to put on the big wingsuit just to look like a big boy. Exactly, uh, exactly. I, I did that, you know. <laughs> I mean, granted, I had a lot of wingsuit jumps, but sure. I just sort of little by little creeping up in size. And, you know, Tony was like, oh, that suit right there, you're going to love that. I was like, Tony, that's a really big suit. It was his biggest one. I was like, but he was like, you're, you're a free flyer, man. You'll be all right. (laughs) And that, you know, I did 10 jumps on it before it tried to kill me. Oh man. You know, where I'm an inverted flat spin over Finland in the clouds, completely confused, you know, 6,600 foot exit. You know, it just, the prop blast from a no cut exit on a caravan just sent me spinning. and, And, you know, I suddenly realized how close I was to the edge all that time. Wow. You know what i mean that i was i was i felt fine i built the confidence up and uh it was sort of unearned confidence sure you know? sure because there's no backfly events on this thing and it's just it's bigger than i can handle i didn't have that much of a plan
0: sure well, there have been a few times I found myself in the corner and you're like, oh, shit, yeah. okay, I, I have to perform now. I've, I've put myself in a position yeah. where there's only one thing that I can possibly do, and that's succeed at what I have to. Um, right. And those are the – I mean, granted, those are the experiences that you look back on and they kind of mold you as you move forward. Um, you know, the totally. almost completely fucked ones are the ones that you remember the most. Um yeah. But it would be nice if we didn't put ourselves in those situations quite as often as we did.
1: It would be great, wouldn't it? But it doesn't work that way. No. You know, because we don't know what we don't know. You yeah. know, we, we want to build you know, a certain level of confidence is what you get, gets you out of the door. It gets you to the point where you're the only pilot type in the plane, and it's up to you. Oh, yeah. You know, no matter what happens, it's up to you, and you don't know everything, yeah, no matter how sure. good you are. You don't know everything. Nobody knows everything.
0: Indeed. Well, and I remember one flight in particular. I had just started flying the Twin Otter, and I, I l- got lucky as lucky can get when it came to flying a Twin Otter. I went from a pack 750 with a decent amount of turbine time, but had to get my multi-engine rating to take the job. Uh, so yeah. when I soloed for the first time and was flying loads by myself in the Otter, I had about 30 hours multi-time, which is insane way insane. Yeah. Yeah. Um and I think yeah. it was the first week, maybe the second at the most, where I had to fly a demo halfway to Chicago and the last person <laughs> gets out and I've got to fly back to Hinkley at the time and it dawns on me, fuck. I'm by myself in a twin Otter. <laughs> yeah. This is it's on me. Okay, I got to yeah, I, I guess I better put my big boy pants on and make sure I'm taking care of
1: this. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I love that because the human being is an adaptable critter. Sure. You know, we're capable of, as, as long as we can sort of calm down enough that our brain still work.
0: Yeah, that's the thing. Right. And, but that's the greatest training skydiving ever gave me was the ability to be freaking out somewhere back there while I deal with this shit in a sane way. Yep. And then I get to freak out yep. when I'm on the ground and the engines are shut down.
1: Exactly. Yeah, cry in the shower, but not now.
0: Yeah, man, and that's that's a big thing, and it's funny because I found that that's creeped into my life in so many different ways. Well, outside of anything that you would consider extreme or dangerous sports, but almost in every facet, you learn to put that freak out
1: away, which yeah. is yeah, amazing. Yeah, you have to. Yeah, you have to. Yeah, you take you take the deep breath, and then you reach out with your mind towards you know what could I do to make this situation better yeah where is that landing area can't find the landing area right don't know where it is let's do a slow turn because they always say it's probably behind me if i can't see it all right Right. slow turn wait a minute it's not there either all right maybe you know then there's that cognitive dissonance of like okay but normally there's a landing area and now there isn't and i keep looking for it and at some point when I move into acceptance yep. that I, I'm not going to find it. And now I have to find a lovely place to land and I have to believe that there is a lovely place to land, which is not something that, you know, that I don't know. It, it, at the beginning, do they really teach enough about no. how to find a place to land? You know, how to select this field over that one, given this wind line, right? It's very little because right. they're rolling the dice that you're going to land in the drop zone.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know? Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and it's funny, too, because especially when it comes to skydiving, you have to make all those, you have to get through those stages really quick because <laughs> yeah. yeah. skydiving comes at you pretty fast. I mean, it, it comes at you slow yeah. when you're used to it and nothing's going wrong.
1: But as soon as shit start going wrong, it starts yeah. moving pretty quick. So. And it's yeah. The universe is very creative in finding ways to, to freak you out and, you know, put you out of your depths oh, and then yeah. you got to bring it, bring it, you know, you got to, you got to dig or dig a little bit deeper into your imagination of how it's going to go well, absolutely. how this is going to be a story where you go, wow, I thought I was totally screwed <laughs> and I managed it. Yeah. I managed the situation. I love that.
0: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's, um, you, you obviously want to go out and have the experiences, but you also want to be able to still be around to tell the stories afterwards. <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah. So that's now, kind of the objective.
0: Yeah. Now, speaking of stories, this uh, particular podcast uh, came about because um, shortly after um, the one and only Mo Valletto passed on, uh, yeah, he was supposed that's to be doing—oh, dude. Do- oh, dude. Uh, and I, 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 right. I, I yeah. can't say that I knew the guy. I got to know the guy via the podcast and a bunch of emails and stuff like that, and he just struck me as this amazing human being, uh, which— oh. has been echoed from all corners and he was going to do story time for me and he was going to uh give me a 20 minute story for every episode he loved telling stories as everybody knows yeah um And he was super stoked about being able to do this story time and of course uh, he passed on before he got to do any of those so i got to thinking all right, let's do story time for Mo. And I want people like you that have got the experience and the stories to just shut me up and take over and tell me some stories, man. I want to hear about about the shit that sticks out in Brian Germain's mind.
1: There's a lot of them. I've been (laughs) been trying to jot down a couple. I was like, wow, how am I going to narrow this down? But I was thinking I could start off with a Mo Valetta story. Please, please. Right? So so I'm in Mo's spotless loft, you know? It's like, I mean, imagine like an OR. Just everything's organized. right. And uh, and I said, you know, Mo, I got a problem. The hook knife on my on my rig is on my leg strap, and that's not doing me any good when I'm wingsuit flying. <laughs> you know, right. I put on the dress and I don't have a hook knife. And so, uh, you know, can, I said, can you give me a snap? Put a snap on on my mud flap. He's like, sure, sure, sure. But but Brian, I got a, you know, I got a way to do this that that you're gonna love it. And so he he pulls out. Um, some some fabric, and he starts sewing this little pouch together with stiffeners in it. And I'm looking at these stiffeners, it's like, what is it? He's, it's x-ray film. Huh. And, was, and he, he had all this x-ray film like just in this filed away spot, you know, it was all there, tons of them. And uh, and I said, Mo, where'd you get all that x-ray film? Because that's that's a perfect stiffener for this this hook knife, you know. So it doesn't, you know, cut your rig when you're yanking it out of your mud flap. Right. It's brilliant design. And he said, Brian. I've been base jumping for how long? Right. <laughs> I got some x-rays. However, the one that he put in my rig that still is in my rig today is actually his colonoscopy. Oh, no. <laughs> so I, I have Movaletto's ass in my rig. That's yes, it's- fucking awesome.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that is spectacular. He, but that's that fits. That absolutely fits with everything that he and I yeah. talked about and all the stories that he told. That's a
1: fucking perfect story to start with, for sure. Yeah, fucking. What a great guy. Oh, dude. Very, yeah. It, he was a thinker. Yeah, he was, you know, just sort of always trying to improve the state of the art. Uh, with and he's got the same exact attitude I've always had. Is that yes, what we have is kind of working. Yeah, but we're not done. We're not done inventing skydiving. We're not done inventing base jumping and flying and everything else. Indeed. Um, you know, even just you know, how do you run a drop zone? Don't don't assume that the way we've been doing all this stuff is perfect. Sure. And if you don't assume that, then the mind starts to open up, and you go, "Yeah, well, what if?"
0: Right. <laughs> right well, dot. 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 He was definitely willing to go the what if extra mile. the The picture that he sent me of his pink backcountry base rig is the most amazing thing I've ever seen. 'Cause yes. he built that base rig so that he could carry his camping supplies and jump with them. Yep. yep. That's I saw the rig. It was beautiful. Astounding. Astounding. Yep. Well and he made yeah, me look I at actually, it twice because I didn't it wasn't making sense. And he's all there are the risers right there. And I'm like, Holy shit, those are fucking risers. You're right. This is insane.
1: Yeah, yeah. He fit it all together. <laughs> of course. He fit it all together. Yeah, it's brilliant. It's brilliant. Oh man. Um yeah. So there there's there's a lot of stories about, about Mo that I don't I don't know of course you right. know but i just love to listen to him just ramble on yeah oh <laughs> i didn't like it
0: i mean he that man should have had his own podcast
1: thankfully we got a number of them on skydive radio yep you got some some stuff with him yep. I, I wish i did some direct ones i didn't think of it because you know there's a lot of people the past couple of years that just decided you know i'm pulling the cutaway handle i'm out this planet sucks sure sure yeah <laughs> and, it's and, time and then you look back and go why didn't I freaking?" You know, sit
0: down with that guy. Well, that's why I I felt so lucky. You know, I was super bummed when I found out that he passed away, but pretty much the first thought was, I'm so happy I got that time with him. Totally. You know,
1: and and am able to
0: share it with other people because I've gotten so many messages about how much they enjoyed that podcast. And I just sat there the entire time going, "Are you fucking kidding me?" I think I must have said that a million times. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> and knowing that none of the stories that he was saying were full of shit you know i mean he was straight up about all of it he wasn't trying to
1: brag that's just what he did that was his life exactly astounding exactly
0: astounding yep all right well give me one of your stories
1: uh, all right well i got a lot of them <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just like, that's a, it's a tricky one because like i don't know where to start um but you know i was thinking that a lot of folks these days have never done a naked jump True.
0: Very true. A lot.
1: It's like, everything's all politically correct. And, you know, there's, I think that we need to consider the possibility that, that naked jumping has some value. Sure. You know, I mean, you never feel more free than when you're under canopy over town, you know, looking down past your, well, tiny little junk. Cause it's cold, right. you know, feeling, you know, liberated. Sure. Sure. <laughs> and so, you know, and so we did, we did a lot of naked jumps over the years. I mean, tons. And and of course, the first few times for those that that haven't done it before, I recommend um, breaking off really high, because I've learned, as you will learn, that when you turn and track, and you track and you track and you track and you track, and you're like, all right, yeah, I gave it a little extra time, and you turn, look over your shoulder, like, what the hell are you guys still doing here? <laughs> Because you don't, you don't go anywhere. Don't go anywhere. Um, but I had to make one particular rule. I don't make a lot of rules, uh, like hard and fast ones, but no cat grips. On naked jumps, no cat. You don't want to see that. You can't unsee that. Right. It doesn't matter who it is, male or female. You don't want to see it. It'll scar you for life. Sure. Just This is a safety first minute here. This is like, you, you, got, you got to know this one. <laughs> um, the other one is that, uh, jumping naked in the winter. We used to do it on the Canadian border. Oof. Every year. Every year. And yes, it was my idea. I don't know. I was young and stupid. Fair enough. <laughs> I was like, I got an idea. You know, one of those. Oh. <laughs> and everybody jumped on it. I was like, but I was a little kidding. <laughs> right, right. And so every year we got stuck into this on the, in Malone, New York, on the Canadian border, upstate New York. Jesus. And it's one of those deals that uh, hopefully... None of you will ever experience it, but when you're, we wrap up in sleeping bags, right? So you're not too cold as you walk into the plane, as you're riding altitude in the 182, you know, uh, just, you know, sort of shivering, you get the heat blasting. Right. And you feel, you start to warm up enough that you're like, oh yeah, this isn't so bad, you know, and then, then you're getting close to exit and you got to wrap up the sleeping bags. You got to put them under the seat belts, tighten them down so they don't go out the door and crash the airplane. And then the door comes open. Uh, And all all you can do is scream. Yeah. You are physically incapable of not screaming. For about 30 seconds, everybody's just, ah, with the face red and the whole, like, full-on terror face. And then after, you know, 30 seconds or so, you just kind of go numb. You don't really feel anything anymore. You're just like, all right, it's a skydive. (laughs) (laughs) And you try not to, you know, think about the fact that the ground is covered with snow and your willies out in the breeze there's (laughs) and i have a photograph that we we actually blew this photograph up to like poster size and gave it to to my my buddy arc arc lamal one of the original badasses from malone he's on the step of the 182 so you can probably picture this the snow is everywhere right you know this is this is december 13th Oh Jesus! I want to say 1987, 88, something like that. He's on the step. He's hanging on the stretch. He's looking, and his face is like a mix of terror and agony. <laughs> you know that, like sharp, biting agony from the from the cold. Right. And and he's naked, right? But you can't see anything. <laughs> That's why you pulled up. Because little scared turtle is hiding inside the bushes. You know what I'm saying here? <laughs> Jesus. <Jeez. laughs> Nothing. You, you can't anything at all and so we blew this sucker up and gave it to him i think that he threw it away i don't know <laughs> well, slightly humiliated yeah i can um, understand that yeah 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 it's i mean it was it was stupid and yet we did it every year nobody ever died nobody ever got frostbite nobody had a you know well shmackalectomy shit how many years
0: now have they been doing the the polar plunges all around the world yeah totally
1: I mean, yeah, the yeah. body can do it for short durations. It can do a lot.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Although that's that's a, a whole different way of a take on the whole cold dipping therapy. <laughs> do it, yeah, it 10,000 yeah, feet. Is. You know, it's funny because. Yeah, yeah. The naked jumps were still going strong uh, when I first started jumping. In fact, I shot a bunch of videos for them and and was on them and all that. But now the politically correct, sexual harassment, weird world, and sexual harassment, yeah. both directions, and all
1: that stuff. I don't know that we yeah. can do that stuff anymore. I mean, fuck. I think Public- I think we should just do it anyway. Right? You just make sure that you do the everybody in the plane is naked, so nobody's got. A finger to point. Usually you have the pilot naked. I don't know if you guys used to do that. That was a pretty common. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just, you're all in balance, you know? Yeah, fair enough.
0: Fair enough. Well, I mean, I think you could probably be able to get away with it on the drop zones, but uh, I yes. mean, it, it, in public nowadays, I mean, shit, public yeah. nudity, you can get charged with like a proper crime nowadays. Oh, yeah. And, and I, you'll never work in a, in a school again
1: because it's a. It's a. It's a
0: yeah, absolutely. Which is just <laughs> insane. True. Well, I had. I yeah. did one of the few naked jumps that I ever did, we did naked night jumps. And I was yeah. out going solo and having my fun and taking my time and not paying any fucking attention to where we were or where I was. And so when I open up. I get, I get the reach up, get the slider stowed as you'll do. You know, it's just, that's what you do. And then I start looking around for my landing area down and then the circle gets larger and larger and larger until I realize that my landing area is a long ways away. And the only place that I can land with any lights is the parking lot of a supermarket and it's like nine (laughs) o'clock at night. So, yeah, so here I go with my fucking Adidas on and nothing else, coming to a running stop and a zero wind. So the parachute falls behind me, of course, because why wouldn't it? Of course it does, yeah. Luckily, this is enough years ago, and it was uh, uh, in a town that was pretty low-key, so somebody just gave me a ride as I wrapped myself back up in the parachute. But, fuck, nowadays I'd end up in jail (laughs) for that shit.
1: You might. You might. It's true. Yeah, we we had uh, the annual water jump the in, into shadow gay lake and we, we used to jump gutter gear you yeah. know so you jump the rounds whatever and so we get a load of guys on t10s all naked and two of them missed the lake one oh. of them landed landed in a restaurant parking lot i mean very little option here yeah and the other one landed up in the mountains and we didn't see that dude for like four hours <laughs> he's wandering around in the Adirondacks, butt naked. <laughs>
0: With a T-10 is his only protection.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's all he had. That's all he had. But yeah, you can make a lot of uh, survival gear out of t T-10 if you have a knife.
0: Man, <laughs> see, it's so funny because if you get a bunch of people that don't know anything about skydiving and tell them stories like this, they think we're insane. But if you tell a bunch of skydivers, especially people that have been doing it for a while, we're like, oh, yeah, I can imagine oh, yeah. that. yeah, <laughs> I did that. <laughs> yeah, I did that. It seems yep, to be this the... common thing.
1: World Freefall Convention, they used to do a lingerie jump. Right. Yeah. The whole load yep. would be, you know, and all these big macho guys with tattoos wearing freaking pink lingerie Sure, and, uh, and they're standing around, uh, you know, just sort of waiting for the load for, of course, the Quincy, you don't have to wait very long. And this, this good old boy, you know, he's got his lingerie on, he's shaking his head and he goes to the guy next to him. If I go in on this jump, my parents are never going to understand. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> They just don't
0: get it. You do have to kind of factor that shit in, though, because, I I mean, I'm sure you're the same. There have been plenty of jumps that I've done that have just been absolutely bizarre, and you're thinking, how would you explain this to someone that doesn't understand?
1: (laughs) You don't don't bother.
0: (laughs) They're never going to get it. Like, my last day flying for Ray Farrell at Skydance, I flew all day in a, a sundress and a halter top. There you go. Cuz why not? <laughs> Fuck it. I mean, and and not to I discovered quite quickly that flying a pack 750 in a skirt is amazing in the summertime cuz the air vent blows right up the skirt. Keeps you nice and cool.
1: There you go. Well, it was no, fantastic. I got to try that one Oh,
0: dude, I'm telling you, it was perfect. It was absolutely perfect. If, if it hadn't <laughs> been for the fact that it was too cold in Chicago, I probably would have flown all four seasons that I did there on a damn skirt.
1: <laughs>
0: in your sundress.
1: Yeah, why not? With a little floral print. Well, but,
0: again, it. with skydivers, after a while, they don't even look twice. I mean, fuck, I've been nicknamed tw- the Princess for 25 years, and people don't think anything yep. of it. You hear a non-skydiver yep. hears my nickname, and they're like, why the fuck is that guy called Princess? But jumpers don't think <laughs> twice about it yeah exactly you know <laughs> it's true
1: yeah it's true
0: Ay, yi, yi. all right well yep. i like that i like it man i'm like the direction you're taking me
1: i've got i've got a lot of these kind of old well the the stuff that's happened over the 10 years past 10 years or more have been great it's i mean i'm having a wonderful time but sure i have to admit things were a little wilder and looser you sure know, 20 years ago 30 years ago when you know when a twin otter was a rarity right, right? so I mean, severe, you know, uh, like a very, very big deal. If they were going to have a boogie, like the Bambi boogie, hmm. that was the first twin otter I'd ever seen. And, uh, the Bambi boogie was in, in, uh, upstate New York and near Albany. Okay. Dwayne's And it was a Wiggins Airways plane. just a cargo bird where they just pulled the doors off. They didn't have any fancy jump door by Graham Mizey. Right. This was, you know, this was a, uh, this was just a junker that, that would do the job and, uh, and so we all came down from Malone, New York, and we're all going to jump this big plane. And it's so fast. We couldn't believe how fast it climbed. You know? Right. And I was just, I guess with a lot of small-time jumpers, you know, small-town jumpers, you don't know what you can do in a crowd. Right. You don't know what you can't do in a crowd. Like, for instance, my favorite thing back then is so I had probably 80 or 100 jumps. Uh, our sliders didn't come back come all the way down back then. Right. Right. You had the big, big hard links with the big bumpers that were tied down. So they wouldn't slide up the lines and give you that crazy spinning malfunction. Right. So it was on there. And so you could like put load on the slider. And so one of my favorite things to do was to do a bit of a chin up, roll over backwards. 180, hook my feet up over the slider. And then I could scoot myself up onto the slider and sit on it.
0: Oh, Jesus Christ. I just
1: sit on my own slider. Yeah. (sighs) Yeah, which is, is not something you should do, you know, in a crowd at a Twin Otter drop zone, a bunch of people jumping a Twin Otter who are used to 182s. Right. right. And so the other thing I like to do, which I got in a lot of trouble for at that boogie, I'll never forget it. I got yelled at big time. You know, 19-year-old kid. I'd hang f- from my legs from the slider. I'd hook my feet up over there, and now I got my knees over the slider, and I'd let go of everything. So my hands are just hanging. You know, just hanging upside down, and then I'd reach up and grab one steering toggle, uh, and I just pull the toggle down towards my feet and spin that old rainbow cruise air. You can't have rainbow anymore unless you want to, you know, make a statement. Right? I love my rainbow cruise air and just spin the canopy, and I spun right through the traffic, <laughs> hanging upside down from my slider. Yee-haw! You know, know, it it, seemed like a good idea. Right.
0: I I just had a good conversation with a longtime buddy of mine by the name of Derek Massey. And he and I have been jumping together for basically 25 years. And we were talking about a lot of the stupid shit that we had done over the years. But, of course, you always have to throw that caveat out there about how long ago it was because it's Mm -hmm. changed so much. But we kind of forget. If you've been in the sport for a while, chances are you were doing some shit that would be unacceptable these days. And it just, yeah. that's part of what made it fun. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. we did massive yeah, amounts of, of stupid shit, but we, we got lucky we got away with it, you know? And I mean, there was a fair <clears> amount of luck back then because we were doing shit we yeah. didn't know we could do.
1: Yeah. Well, now I think there's there's a lot of stuff that still falls in that category, but there's a lot more skill involved, right? Sure. That you can do a rodeo wingsuit, you know? Right. This is crazy stuff. There's you know tube dives. You don't see that as much, but you know there's there's so many things that people do on a regular basis. You see on the cover of parachutist magazine, right? You know a canopy pilot standing on top of a wingsuiters back. You know this is this is insane. Oh yeah. But I, it does re- it requires skill. Oh yeah. There's an insane. You know, there's a, a kind of insane where, you know, you're, well, <laughs> I'm thinking about a, a whole bunch of these dumb things that we used to do that required no skill. It just required balls. Right,
0: right. Uh, the one that jumps out of my head is watching my buddy Kevin Love at the time try and shimmy down a rope that was tied to the, the back of a C- Cessna. And sure. I'm like, that's not going to He He had this idea of, you know, surfing behind it. And, of course, he made it one or two knots down before he was gone. But, I mean.
1: He fell off. Oh, yeah. <laughs> He's, I like Kevin. He's a good guy.
0: Oh, yeah. Kevin yeah. was fantastic. So next level, stupid. But this is, again, it didn't take skill. It just take balls, you know. But yeah. I, I just saw a video not that long ago of, I think it was a three-time transfer, one from a, it was a Mr. Bill to uh, transfer to a wingsuit and then transferred from that wingsuit to another canopy all on the same jump. Nice.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's, you can't do that if you're just a, a ballsy moron. No, no. That's right? some skill. This requires planning and skill and everything else. And, and hats off to him, right? Yes. Um, it didn't take a whole lot of skill for Dick Swanson to jump a 64-foot cargo chute <laughs> that he bought military surplus and had to use a belly mount reserve as the pilot chute.
0: Are you serious?
1: That shit was so heavy. It took it took like four of us to get it out to the 206. You know, the it, it get it up on – this wasn't a cargo 206 maybe that's a good thing right to keep the cg you know kind of under the wings but yeah we managed couldn't close the door you know (laughs) so can you imagine the takeoff you got parachutes uh, hanging out of your plane they had no idea if it was going to work oh yeah yeah. but he just you know he just managed and he just kind of rolled over backwards with his mini risers attached to the bigger bigger risers somehow and in this 24 flat flat circular belly mount that was on a static line And, and so, you know, of course you got long lines, right? Really long lines on a cargo chute. So basically the parachute opened and he kept falling until he got to the end of the line. Just really whacked him hard. Oh yeah. And his descent rate was very slow. He almost hit the hangar. I mean, really almost hit the hangar because he couldn't steer. And then he stood up his landing and everybody's like, wow, that was amazing. And so Johnny bear from Quebec, he walks up to him. He says, so was it fun? And Dick's rubbing his neck. You know, oh. he's like, you're gonna look in you know, looking here with his head forward. He's rubbing his neck. And he goes, "Oh yeah, it was fun. Should I do it? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah." As he continues to rub his neck, <laughs> Johnny Fair. They packed it up again. He went up and did it. Wham! You know, whack a heart opening. And he comes walking in, rubbing his neck. He goes. Dick, it opened really hard, and Dick's still rubbing his neck. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell.
0: Well, True stories. Oh, man. Well, so that's another thing that's changed a lot, too, right, is the shit that we get away with or used to get away with with the aircraft, none yeah. of that shit happens anymore. Yeah. None of that, but you tell those stories, and I know a lot of the stories. I've been involved in some of the stories, and and of course, knowing older jumpers that have seen some craziness with the aircraft. But Mm -hmm. you gotta, I mean, you you almost don't want to tell the stories and give people bad ideas, but you don't want to tell the stories sometimes (laughs) because you sound like an asshole. You yeah, guys yeah, did Yeah, we threw a
1: bowling ball out of the Cessna, you know.
0: <laughs> well, I'm sure you've you've probably heard the the pumpkin story out of CSC years and years ago. They were I don't know if they I heard decided that to do a fucking they decided to do a pumpkin jump. So they jumped out with this pumpkin and they're throwing it around <laughs> and the guy that was tasked with catching the pumpkin dropped it and it went through somebody's roof and destroyed yeah. the kitchen of the house. Like those jumpers went to yeah. jail for that shit
1: yes Oof. i do yeah i remember that one that was a big yeah, we, story <laughs> yeah you gotta have a big airport i, I mean yeah. it's surprising because hinckley had a lot of space yeah but bad luck with the spotting they I hit guess, the house but, yep. yep yep go figure yeah. you know I mean? along along we had more of that space we had a big triangle airport you know just all that room and so we used to drop all kinds of stuff sure. back in the days and uh, yes we did drop a volleyball. <sighs> and the earth swallowed it up oh, and I closed bet. up after <laughs> <laughs> the whole the hole was gone. It just squallowed it up. <laughs> it <was laughs> That's
0: fantastic. It's
1: still there underground somewhere. Oh,
0: well, I remember when they started doing yeah. the space ball jumps, you know, you had to get clearance to do the jump and all that stuff, because you know, that yeah. shit'll kill
1: somebody if you're not careful. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Yep. Oh, one point five five pounds of lead. But um, yeah, we we I never lost one, <laughs> but I also always did it over the swamp or something like that sure. and, and it, it, i have to admit when you get down you know below seven thousand feet and you decide to do one more release or one more toss to the other guy there's definitely this you know feeling of tension <laughs> if right. i don't get that ball back and it's kind of vibrating you know it's a little tricky to grab the sucker two hands for you
0: know? sure man yeah, oh man so, so looking looking
1: back I mean,
0: most of the time you you have the fucked up ones that you're like all right I wish that hadn't happened, but that was a really good learning experience, but you must yep. have one where you're like, no, I just wish that hadn't happened.
1: <laughs> there- oh yeah. 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 Well, I mean, like I can remember Titus mountain, uh, demo there was a, uh, and I think it was, I think it was winter. I can't even remember to be honest with you. And so we're doing this demo into a ski area into the base lodge and there's you know, a crowd, the whole thing, Sure, but it was windy. It was too windy. To be jumping at all, even at the drop zone, we were jumping in the mountains, you know, in the northern Adirondacks. You know, this is like the kind of north of Lake Placid yeah. and you know, White Mountain and all that. Uh Whiteface, I should say. And it was blown from the summit down to the base lodge. Think about that. Yeah, that's So not good. that means that you're in the Lee, the landing areas in in the Lee, not of trees, not of buildings, but of a whole fricking mountain. It was It was insane. And it was windy enough that we had to spot over the summit, face into the wind, and we just backed up down the mountain. You know, and and there's no time to think this is crazy, this is stupid. You're out of the plane. There's nothing you can do about it. Yeah, too late. You You can't get back in. And so now it's just looking over your shoulder, a little bit of right to, you know, speed up your, you know, drift down the hill. And then you face into the wind for a moment and you a little bit of left and you drift back down the mountain. Right. And somehow, you know, d- despite the fact that I think Doug Parks be collapsed and then recovered and some other, you know, collapses, <laughs> they just it called him out. Right. <laughs> he was there. He was there. Um and but we all hit it we all landed in the right location and nobody ate it nobody got hurt and the only lesson is we're lucky yeah (laughs) you know what i mean yeah we're 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 short on judgment and long on luck and i would like i'd like to not be in that situation again those are the ones that you look back Um, on and regret right when you know
0: it was luck that's got you through
1: I would have stayed in the plane, yeah. If I knew it was going to be like that, yeah. But there's this there's this momentum of like, oh, the crowd's waiting. I said I was going to do it, so I got to follow my word, right? You know, it, when all we had to do was just do a low pass over the you know the landing area, waggle our wings, right? And you know, and just leave. Um, <laughs>
0: <you know? laughs> yeah, sorry guys, that's it. We're done. <laughs> yeah,
1: should have done it. Should've yeah, done I mean, it, I've had.
0: I've had a few of those where you're you're like wait a second it wasn't skill that got me through it wasn't certainly wasn't good decisions that got me through it was just flat out fucking luck. I think those are the ones I look yeah. back on and go
1: regret yeah. <clears throat> yeah, yeah and it, I to- nice think there was some skill, right? I mean every time we survived through <laughs> sketchiness there was some element of skill. Sure. <laughs> but it was like 50-50. Sure. <laughs> right? You know? Not great odds. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, it's the same thing it's, too. As soon as you let you go of the airplane,
0: you, you you suffer from what my buddy Mark Norman always used to say: uh, if you hadn't ate it, it wouldn't have made you sick.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. You swallowed that <laughs> shit, man. You better choke it down. It's because
0: <laughs> you got to deal with Keep this. On shit.
1: going. Yeah. Yeah. You can't. You can't spit a skydive back into a napkin once you're out of the plane. No. No,
0: I don't think, you know, looking back, I don't think I was ever on a skydive wishing that I wasn't there, but I was certainly on a skydive shitting my pants and then wishing I wasn't yeah. there later on.
1: Yeah, I see what you mean. Well, there's there's no room for regret. You're just, you know, <laughs> trying to be creative and how you're going to not die. Right, right, right. Um, well, yeah, still, no that's,
0: that's the thing that. that always kind of cracks me up is, of course, the common thing that everybody says if somebody dies doing something uh, that they do all the time, oh, he died doing something he loved. Well, on a skydive, that means I'm dying, freaking out, trying to do everything that I possibly can and not fucking die. That's how I died. <laughs> so, no, yeah. so no, yeah. I was doing what I loved right before it all went to shit.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'd rather not. You yeah. know what I mean? I want to die, like, you know, peacefully in my bed, or you know, a moment of orgasm when I'm 95 years old or something, yeah. you know what I mean? So that I'm not a a, a, a mark on the sport, you know what I mean? Yes, I don't want to die skydiving, I don't even want to die on the drop zone. No, or, okay, maybe in a trailer, you know what I mean? When I'm an old dude that that uh that was partying too hard and is, yeah. you know, his girl, her girl got the, the heart up too high, but sure. <laughs> um, I think there's something, yeah, there's something selfish about it. So, um, when when people, you know, just take risks to the point where they can't control sure. the outcome, sure, so don't don't do that. But um, but there also is this other side of it, where if you if you're so careful that you don't expand, if you, you're not being creative and you're not moving forward into, you know, I mean. How many skydivers have actually been able to say they've done something that no skydiver has ever done? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Very few. Right? Very, very few. And so is there space within your skydiving skill set sure. where you could do something that nobody's done before, even if it's just jumping into a place that nobody's jumped into sure. before? Sure. I
0: love doing that. Yeah. Well, I you know, it's, it's funny that you bring that up because a, 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 I have a great example of uh, doing the exact same thing and me hating one version and loving the other. Um, yeah. And that's jumping out of an airplane without a rig on. So the first time I saw yeah. that, it was Pastrana doing it, and I fucking yeah. hated every second of it because I watched this video, yeah. and he clearly just was going balls out. I mean, I remember watching the discussion about it after the fact, and the backflip that he did was totally unplanned. And I, I hated it because he was putting his friends in a position to not be able to catch him, and they're going to have to live with yeah. that for the rest of their lives. So I hated sure. that one. But then Luke goes and does it, and I loved it because it took an intense amount of training and all this planning and all these different things that they did. So it was a completely different thing, and he fucking never used a parachute. So it it really was. It was taking that skill to another level instead of just Mm -hmm. throwing your balls into the wind and seeing what happens.
1: Yeah. 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 There's definitely a difference between stupidity and a stunt. Yeah. Um, I mean, I did it when I, when he was training for that, I was, I was teaching a canopy course out there at Kapausen and he had his lights set up, you know, he was training he was, you know, pulling low with the base canopy and his skydiving rig. He had permission, you know, yep. um, to burn it down. And although I didn't, I, you know, I was taking it down as, as much as I felt comfortable to try to stay over those lights. You know, it's like, like a Vazi or a Pappy sure. where you're doing you know you can tell if you've drifted and there's wind which means you have to actually move and you might not have time to turn and move forward to where you want to go so you got to get good at side sliding and backsliding and sure. all that it was hard i bet it was really really hard so when i watched it live i felt like i got even more adrenaline because <laughs> you than knew everybody else you know what i mean because i could i could see it i could feel you know how how those little corrections were the difference between life life and death sure yeah right? absolutely yeah, i just Splatting in front of the whole crowd in front of his family, you know. I tell
0: you what, that's the only part that I had a difficult time swallowing was the fact that that shit was going out live. And I'm yeah. sure that they had the big red button just in case with a 10 live, second yeah, delay live-ish. or something. But yeah, there's
1: no live anymore. It's live ish. Yeah, live-ish. <laughs>
0: but can you imagine it's the big countdown? Yeah. He's almost to the net, and then it, you know, goes to the little kitten on the screen because you know that fucking guy's gone. Yeah. <laughs> so there yeah. was yeah. Uh, I, I actually didn't watch it live. I watched it in a recording afterwards. Once I knew he'd made it, because for some reason I turned a little wishy
1: washy <laughs> in my old age, and I'm like, I
0: don't want to fucking watch this. Uh,
1: I was shitting myself. Oh. You know, I mean, just, it's it, and it's it's one thing if it's a guy you don't know, but he's my friend. Sure. You know? and so it was uh, it was definitely really terrifying. It was it was completely ballsy, and probably nobody's ever going to try to do that one again. Why would they? He did you know, it. That That's box it. is checked. Yeah, it's done. That's it. You know. So now, now what? You know, now, now what could we do? Yeah, that, that's oh, novel it, and exciting and worth doing. There's no not- way
0: I could have sat there and, and watched that live. No way. I can't even go out. Maybe it's because I don't jump for work anymore. But I can't even watch my friends fucking land their canopies most days because it went from the velos that were up, you know, a ways. And now everybody's on Petras and all this other craziness. And holy shit, just yeah. lights my hair on fire. I don't even want. Nope.
1: Yeah. <laughs> nope. <laughs> i've gotten old and mellow i don't know what's happened (laughs) well there's definitely there's there's fear for oneself there's vicarious fear sure right i mean i'm we're working up on the roof you know and laura's up there when she's walking on the tarp which is now super slippery right and i know that where she went she's got slack in the rope like enough to really fall long distance 20 feet up off the ground and i watched her two days ago slip on the edge of the roof like there's, there's no railing, you know, right. and I watched her slip and then go to her and she was like, oh, yeah, yeah, whatever, no big deal. <laughs> and I'm just losing. It took me like 10 minutes to get over the adrenaline <laughs> of the vicarious fear. You know what sure. I mean? Because if it was me, I'd be like, yeah, whatever. I'm, you know, I'm not dead. So let's move on. Sure. Well, so I think there, there's definitely an aspect of that.
0: And I don't know about you, but anytime something like that happens to me, my initial reaction is to be embarrassed and pissed, not scared. Yeah. Like, totally. I, did somebody see me? Cause fuck, man, I can't believe I almost did that. And you're
1: embarrassed
0: <laughs> and you're yep. not scared, yeah, but if it's somebody else, then you're freaking out yeah. for
1: them. It's a very common dream that Scott Ever's dream that they went in with no parachute and they look around, nobody saw them, So they pull their parachute out <laughs> and put it over the shoulder so that it looks like they didn't go in. Right. That's a, the a shame aspect of, 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 screwing up. Right. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, as a, as a, as an instructor, I find that that, um, that the, 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 fear that is vicarious, you know, from the outside perspective is that's where I get my fear juice mostly, mm. you know, I mean, I do put myself in some risks, risks, you know, test jumping and, and doing in hops and mountain flying, but that's, I'm in control of what happens. But when I watch a student go out on an air, you know, out of an airplane, yes. I remember like, the guy, Jim, his name was big, big Jim. He tumbled out of control on a static line. We tried using a Seneca. It's a bad airplane for a static line. And so because they couldn't get good exits, he flipped right. around. He's hanging upside down from his feet with his feet tangled in the risers. And I don't know how tangled they were, but I had a feeling that this spiraling parachute was something he wasn't going to be able to cut away. You sure. Know? And I'm looking out of the, the door of the airplane. I got four more students waiting to go, first jump students. He was first out the big guy you know had to put him near the door sure and he's spiraling and spiraling and spiraling and he's getting lower and lower and somehow he managed to kick himself out of it but nobody can see but me right you know and i'm like trying to keep my shit and keep my face you know sort of stoic so i'm not sharing the fear because i'm going to screw up their Scott. Actually, sure. or all these other guys and finally he kicked out of it And he's hanging under the parachute. He's flying straight. I'm like, oh, thank God. All right, who's next? You know, put on the smile. Right.
0: (laughs) Man, oh, man. I'll tell you what. It's that risk versus reward when it comes to students that actually eventually pushed me out of doing AFF. Because I loved Mm -hmm. doing AFF with successful students, whether they were difficult students or not. But the ones that scared you, Guard you. Yeah. I mean, there a is. Little. <laughs> oh my fucking god, man! There is nothing that affects you, uh, an AFF instructor that actually gives a shit more than watching one of your students pile drive themselves in or do something really yeah. scary and just barely get away with it. And I you finally, really, after a, a yeah, bunch you of you years doing that, anymore? oh yeah, I just like no, I'm good. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's yeah it. I still love it. I admit it I still love it I love it. I don't get to do as much as I'd like to sure but I absolutely love it but the the part in free fall I feel like I can manhandle you know what I mean I right. could pull for them I've done it I've got lots of stories about that one flipping them back over stopping them from spinning that's fun you get to be superhero right sure. but once the canopy opens for them, it's you don't happen. know right so, so they'll be like, oh here's a yellow thing grab that pull it oh that's my RSL Poop, wait why is my reserve coming out yep you know. Yep. we had a guy. I'm not going to say where it was, but um, far away from here, <laughs> who was doing his first jump, and he he reached back, they said, oh the the toggles are on the back of the risers. He remembered that right. And in the plane, he was all worried, when do I see my toggles? I can't see my toggles. Now you won't see your toggles until you know until the parachute opens. No. He was really worried about steering his parachute. And this guy was right. easily seven feet tall. Big, Jesus big Christ. dude. Big, <laughs> dude. I'm not exaggerating. Easily seven feet tall. And he he uh, got open, couldn't see his toggles, couldn't figure it out, reached back, grabbed his reserve risers, pulled them out Jeez. until he found toggles. the reserve toggles. <laughs> unstowed his reserve toggles. And tried to steer, which didn't work very well. Right. He didn't turn the parachute at all. And he landed way the hell off the drop zone, probably feeling a tad bit of shame.
0: Sure. I'll tell you what, um, though. You got to give him credit for ingenuity.
1: Yeah. That's a first. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, AFF provided a fair amount of entertainment, and and I've only got one fun story on AFF, and it it wasn't the students that screwed up. It was actually the instructor that kind of wasn't thinking. it would the jump had gone good for all the affs and and uh, we had one instructor on the ground that was doing radios. It was just easier, uh, and he would call out instructions by color canopy, so they knew what to listen for: red, blue, whatever it was. And one of the canopies clearly had an issue going on. I don't know if it was a line over or something like that. Um, and what the instructor should have said with the yes. three students in the air was: "Blue yeah. canopy, check your canopy." What he yeah. said was, blue cat, cut away, cut away. Oh,
1: yeah, bad idea. So you know
0: exactly what happened. Chink, 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 pum, pum, pum. And, of course, all of us are diving for the radio until he's finally said it. And they're like, all right, let's see what happens. <laughs> and, of course, yep. they all cut yep. away. And what did we do wrong? No, you guys were perfect. But that guy is going to be paying for a whole bunch of reserve pack shops. Yeah, he
1: is. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think it's good to say cutaway to anybody. No. I think it, it's best to just say, if your parachute is not steerable and flarable, yep. if it doesn't look right, you know what to do.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That,
1: that'll do it. That'll tell the story. Yeah. <laughs> that was the, uh hearing yeah. him scream, I wish I could say away. that that was the only time. Yeah, that's happened more than once.
0: Oh yeah. Oh, I can I can yeah. imagine. Well, and he was a newer AFF instructor and it freaked him out. And yeah. I can understand. I mean, it's a it, being an AFF instructor is uh, is a very unique thing. There's a whole lot of pressure, you know, and to yep. get it right. And as soon as again, if you're yeah. if you're really in tune with your students and something's going wrong, you feel it. So, you have yeah. to fight that fear just as much then yeah. as if it was you.
1: Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. and there's so many permutations. There's so many things that you have to anticipate and know how to train around them so they don't happen. Right. I think that's a big part of it, right? You can be a badass body pilot and be able to get there and stop them from spinning and all that stuff, but but if you train better, then you're in fewer of the. Situation. Sure. you're not going to make it zero though well and to make
0: a good AFF instructor or even a good tandem instructor for that matter you don't just have to be a good body pilot yourself and a good canopy pilot and all that stuff you've got to be a, an amateur psychologist yes. you've got to figure right. out what's going to make this student learn the way that you need them to what's going to get them to react the way that you want them to and that's a skill yep. that really gets undersold with instructors yep. a really good instructor is a fucking marriage counselor times ten
1: Yeah, it's the guy that's on the on the radio or the loudspeaker talking to the guy that's on the ledge. Yeah, trying to talk talk him back into the window. Yeah, so you're you're, you know, uh, you've got all these hats that you're wearing in this same moment, and your demeanor, and the way that you speak, the way you move, is very significant. Oh, yeah, and things will change based on how you how you play those cards. For
0: sure. Well, and it's, and it's not even anything personal or a detriment to other AFF instructors uh, if they don't work well with a particular student. I had my AFF instructor was a guy by the name of Bruce Henderson, and I just clicked with this guy. I instantly felt comfortable. He told me something. I just assumed that was right. And I did one AFF jump with another instructor who was a fantastic instructor, and I was shitting myself the entire time because we just didn't have that vibe. So... Yeah, I mean, you got to have that, I hate to use the word chemistry, but you do have to have that as well as, you know, being able to check all the boxes and figure out what makes that student tick. So it's quite the job, man.
1: Oh, yeah, it is. Oh, yeah, it is. It forces you to dig deeper. Yeah. You know, it's like it it really comes down to me right now. Yep. Well, I think that's why... I
0: think that's why I fell back on tandems and when I stopped doing AFF because I got a lot of the reward that I did out of AFF by you know still having to play that game and, and still having to take care of the student but ultimately it was up to me and I knew I knew what I was doing. Sure something yeah, made it a little,
1: little bit easier to cope with. <laughs> oh yeah you know I mean you get little old ladies that grab your hands and you can't pull I mean I had I had this one she was like four foot something. And And about three feet three foot wide, a yeah. little thing, but but round. And she was strong. She didn't <laughs> yeah. really, she looked like she would bake a nice pie, you know what I mean? right? But but when she was in free fall, I just gently put my hands on top of her hands. You know, just just kind of being nurturing and loving. And I was like, all right, let's let's do a 360. And I, you know, pushed one hand down, and the other one up. We did the 360 and stopped. And then she didn't want to let go. I was like, oh, that's fine. Isn't that sweet? Right. I'm holding hands with a little old lady. <laughs> and then then it came time to actually, you know, get some nylon out. And I couldn't, I couldn't get my hands away. I tried and tried and tried. And she had this death grip on me. This <laughs> little old lady, It you know, shaking, shaking, shaking. And I almost had to head butter or bite her on the neck. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, Almost. I got him out.
0: <laughs> I, well, I remember getting my rating. Uh, I got my rating on the old vectors that had the ball for the RSL, and yes, my yeah. uh, um, my instructor was like, "And if they've got your hands, and you just can't get away, you might want to figure That's out Richard. how to pull that thing with your teeth." And he showed me. He's like, "You can do it." <laughs> I mean, holy with shit! With his teeth? With his teeth? That'd yeah. Be a he, he reached over and he got the thing on his shoulder and was able to pull it far enough with his teeth. And I'm like, uh,
1: if that's what I wow. got to
0: do, I don't know that this is for me. That's a new one.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm not, I, I'm, I'm familiar with the idea of popping the RSL to get the reserve out. But yeah. Yeah. Yep. Huh?
0: Yeah. Definitely not something that I ever wanted to try.
1: <laughs> no. No. Yeah. No. No. So That's mainly What we can do when we're scared? Right?
0: Oh yeah. Well, it, when you're scared but <laughs> clear-headed, and and uh, you and I think you and I talked about it uh, on the previous one. There's a big difference between being scared and being panicked. Yes. Panic, yeah. you can't do a fucking yeah. thing with. Fear. Absolutely. Is, yeah, fear but, is wonderful. Yeah. Fear is is the reason I'm still sitting here today. Panic is a whole different thing.
1: Here's here's what I'm gonna I'm gonna add to that. I would say how you responded to fear mm. is how you survived. Right, But it wasn't, I think, the fear itself, because that's like raw energy, like sure. gasoline. You can throw gasoline on the hood of the car and light it on fire. You're not going anywhere. Right. So are you putting it to good use? That's the question. It's sure. potential energy. Sure, absolutely. You know? and, and the kinetic aspect is, is going to be very, very uh, much based on how you channel it. Do you filter it? Do you put it through the, the engine of your mind? And, and do the right thing, not just anything, not just the thing that pops in your head.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, and again, for, for any non-scout divers that are listening, that's the, one of the biggest values you can get out of taking up an activity like this is learning how to channel that fear in the right direction so that it's useful.
1: And you stay positive. Yeah. You don't go, you don't go into talking, you know, brace for impact. No. Because uh, as soon as you do that, nobody's flying the airplane anymore.
0: Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> That's it. Well, you shit, stay, man. You stay out. We flew yeah. through a fucking hour like that. I can't yeah. I can't believe we burned through surprised. an hour. And what that brings to surprised.
1: mind- I didn't even tell- Yeah, I didn't tell half the stories. <laughs> which is which is why I'm about to
0: say the next thing, which is I want you to start giving me story time so I can start airing some of your sure. stories on the ass end of, of my podcast. Yeah. Absolutely, because I mean, you and I could probably fill up a dozen fucking podcasts on our own. But Mm -hmm. I would love it if you would, and I'm sure everybody else would too, if you just start picking some of these great stories and laying them down, so I can put them out there.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and it might even help me to write the book I've been dreaming of doing for years, which is something like you know, no shit, there I was, (laughs) thought I was going to die. Yeah, It would be fun. It would be fun because I don't. I, I notice you probably notice it too when you when you've been doing something like this for so long. You don't remember what you know right? until somebody gets you talking, right. and, you know, sort of pokes you with, with good questions that lead you into, and then it segues one story to the next. Uh, yeah, man, I think that that, that could be a lot of fun. I'd love okay. to do that.
0: Awesome. Uh, well then off mic, we're absolutely going to talk about that. But in the meantime, I want you to tell everybody, how do they find out about you? How do they find out about courses and canopies and all that craziness?
1: Yeah, man. Well, um, our, my primary website, the one we actually update, <laughs> is uh, it's called adventurewisdom.com. No cool. weird spelling, just normal. Um, and that one has the, you know, like all the training videos. I like got thirty something hours of lecture. You know, I mean, it's not just eye candy. Sure. I throw the eye candy on YouTube. There's five hundred something videos there. But, nice. Um, this was like the you know the, my most recent one like is DZ unknown. You're gonna land off the drop zone you know, either planned or unplanned. And we talk about all that stuff and I do, you know, VR simulations where mm. we land off at different locations, all that it's, it really gets into a lot of depth. It's just, it's the stuff that I want my sons to have access to as a library. Sure. Um, to, to be able to be a safe skydiver, to make that transition from, from non skydiver to, to, comfortable with whatever shows up sure um and so yeah i mean i made tests that they can take to see if they understand the information Uh, there's books and all that stuff it's all there and i do canopy courses uh on the weekends awesome um took a little covid break like everybody else but i'm back in action now and it feels awesome awesome um yeah so so there's a lot of that stuff and uh just if you visit the website i think that'll give you enough of an idea and i do one-on-one sessions too so so if you want to book that stuff I've got, that's going to do as soon as we're done here. dude. I've got a couple of, a couple of those. Well, fantastic. Sometimes it's fear. Sometimes it's knowledge that they want. Sometimes it's non skydiving related stuff. Sure. I don't care. Whatever you want. I'm here for you.
0: Oh dude, that's fantastic. Well, I mean, for everybody listening, go check it out and then be listening in for, let's do some story time with Brian.
1: Yeah, man. <laughs> sounds yeah, fantastic. Sounds awesome.
0: Brother. Thank you so much. I, I uh, as always appreciate the time and really enjoyed it.
1: Yeah, of course. I'm, um- not surprised at all that was great
0: all right man take it easy and there you go another episode of lunatic fringe into the void in the can brought to you as always by say it with me fuck yeah nz aerosports check them out uh, also brought to you by PussFoot.com, PussFoot.com, the extreme sports collective and Summit Parachute Systems. Jarrett Martin building badass pilot rigs, giving amazing rigging courses, SummitParachuteSystems.com. As for me, I am the fucking pilot. You find me at net or theprincesspilot.com goes to the same place. That's where you get links to all the podcasts and both the books. All right, see you next time.